Do you think about making dynasty trades even while watching football games? Are you thinking of player values when you should be thinking of family values? Then you may have a trading problem. Don't worry, you're not alone. I am Dynasty Outhouse and I have a trading problem. And I'm Brian Haar and I also have a trading problem. Join us for the Trade Addicts podcast where you can be with like-minded people and talk about everything in the NFL in the context of dynasty trade values. News and notes, make amends, keep trade buys, all these things we will cover every week. And don't forget Trade Addicts trades. So when you're done listening to this fine DLF family podcast, please tune into the trade addicts podcast thank you and enjoy your podcast yeah chicken a crow chicken a crow crossing the road go clicking a poll twitter is gold player unfold so jake on the table and they on the play so Pete enumerates the plays are analytical Picking my nose, don't really know if I like that Picking their brains, got different lanes, but I like that Picking these guys, all of these times, all of these nice stats Picking apart, the film is an art, always a fight Back and forth, there is no order, they disorder more and more Because the players ain't no older, they some hoarders or some mortars Dropping bombs without no borders, they got that eye like mortar Peak grinding numbers like molars, I don't know anymore, I am at a crossroads Chicken a crow, chicken a crow, crossing the road, go Clicking a poll, Twitter is gold, player unfolds so, Jake on the table and Nate on the plays, though. Pete enumerates the plays are analytical. Chicken a crow, chicken a crow, crossing the road, go. Clicking a poll, Twitter is gold, player unfolds so. Hello and welcome back to the Dynasty Crossroads. My name is Peter Howard at PA Howdy on Twitter. My co host, Jake Anderson at Jake Anderson FF on Twitter isn't going to be making it onto the crossroads tonight because he and his wonderful wife just had their second child. Um, between feeling amazed, tired, hungry, and everything else that goes along with having a new baby, um, I don't think he's going to have a lot of time to podcasting. Um, that's just my assumption, and I've told him as such. Hopefully he'll be able to make it back here or there, but for the next few months, I'm just assuming he doesn't have time. I've set up a few co-hosts over the next few weeks, and I'll continue to fill in until Jake tells me that he might be able to make it back full-time. And like I say, uh, maybe he'll be able to make it back for one week here or there. We're just going to play it by ear and let him enjoy the wonder that is his new child. So welcome to the world, Jackson Anderson, which is a fantastic name, by the way. Great job, Mrs. Anderson, and congratulations, Jake, as well. So for this first week without Jake, I've decided to talk about uh, congested wide receiver death charts, specifically ones with multiple rookies on. Um, well, recently been added to the depth charts and talk about how to view them, how to play them maybe in Dynasty and what we can really expect from them um, moreover in 2019. But before I get to that, I want to talk about something and I get it if someone doesn't want to listen to it because the only reason me and Jake do this podcast is because we enjoy fantasy football and want to talk about it. But this is part of our world, uh, unfortunately. And I do think it's important and so even though I'd plan not to, um, I, I've been really encouraged by the reaction of several other podcasts to actually engage in the conversation, including the Dynasty Dummies. I really appreciate them for doing that, because the one thing that came out of it, which I do think is right and correct, is that it actually, when other people decided to start the conversation, it should have started. So here I am. I'm going to talk about it for a second, and I'm going to get right back to fantasy football, I promise. As some of you may know, Jake was recently accused of doing something misogynistic, and I strongly disagree, disapprove, and really 
do not appreciate the way presumably starting this conversation was started off on frankly a lie but the thing that that really stuck with me actually comes up with jake's reaction jake posted that he saw it they didn't think it was right and then he went to at beyonce's knee now i've contacted her she doesn't want to talk about it she's interested in fantasy football too so if you want a good fantasy football follow at beyonce's knee is pretty good i i I follow her she's got some really good fantasy football takes so go follow her for that reason but i thought i did want to put out because i actually thought it was an actual helpful thought or (laughs) that i could be able to put out there about this about the conversation they think we should have or the one that actually is important was actually about my son like my dad told me that my job sat me down at one point and said this is what i have done your job is to do a little bit better and that's what we're all trying to do i think in general we're just trying to do a little bit better it's possible to unintentionally hurt someone it is but the same lesson that we got when we accidentally put a football through someone's window still applies you walk up to the front door you apologize and you try to make up for it that's taking responsibility for your own actions that to me was amazing to see jake do to straight off the cuff turns out he hadn't put a ball through a window but his first reaction was to find out if he had and if he could make up for it if he did i hope my son would react the same way i hope my son would be more concerned with his actions and taking responsibility for him i hope he thinks i hope he knows that's what being a man is that's what being a person is not accusing other people as if that changes what you've done or makes up for what you've done or in some way obfuscates the thing that you did wrong the problem isn't matthew kelly the problem isn't jake the problem isn't me the problem isn't my son the problem is us we're trying to get better this conversation is about that if we actually wanted to engage in that conversation we should talk about what we have done what we did wrong how we're trying to improve so that was my takeaway even though jake had done nothing wrong I was really proud of the way he reacted, just in case he had. And it made me think about my son. And I hope he acts that way. Anyway, that's it. That's enough. That's enough for me on on that. <laughs> uh, let's talk about some fantasy football. Particularly, I want to talk about the Arizona and Seattle wide receiver depth charts. Both teams took rookies in the draft. Um, and already had some interesting talent on their roster and it makes it a little difficult to maybe evaluate what to do with them in 2019 or really what to expect with them so as a reminder uh, arizona took uh, andy isabella in the second round at pick 62 they took hakeem butler in the fourth round at pick 104 and they took Keyshawn johnson in the sixth round at 174 pick 174 Seattle took DK Metcalf in the second round at pick 64, Gary Jennings at 121 in the fourth round, and Travis Homer as an undrafted free agent. Um, Seattle obviously already had Tyler Lockett on the roster and David Moore, who both had very high efficiency seasons and, and were definitely a little touchdown dependent, specifically touchdown that side of the red zone. They're all on deep targets um, with low passing volume that really up. Uh, their statistics and also Russell Wilson's statistics in 2018. Arizona, on the other hand, really struggled, as we all know, um, 
In 2018, they've installed a new coach, Cliff Kingsbury, who's expected to implement an air raid offense, which relies on a lot of quick, short passes, um, specifically using fast wide receivers in the middle of the field, and also utilizes um, uh, spreading the uh, offensive line out slightly to create longer routes for the defensive line to try to get to the quarterback, and then quicker passing offense with those shorter routes with fast guys who can create on their own. Now, Christian Kirk actually fits that bill really, bill really well, and if he would in this rookie draft class, who very clearly be my wide receiver too, and um, quite honestly, he would have competed for Nikhil Harry in terms of overall market share. But Christian Kirk was drafted in the second round. He was drafted higher in the second round, if it matters, um, than Andy Isabella, and um, he did relatively well in his first year as well. Um, so what I want to talk about really is what we can expect from rookie wide receivers and how that might affect how we can view what to expect from these players going on to these depth charts in 2019. So what I did is a lot of different stuff, obviously. Um, but the first thing I did um, was go check out what wide receivers have, wide receivers have done um, over the last, since 2013, um, basically, to all the way to 2018, what they've done in their first season in terms of target share. So what I did is separate it out by draft round as well. So wide receivers drafted in the first round have averaged 13.9% of their team's target percentage in their first year. That actually increases to 15% in their second year on average, and then that pretty much remains steady for the second, third, and fourth year. It does increase in their fourth year, presumably those hits the ones that actually continue to produce are actually dragging the average up as the years progress but the first year average is around 13 percent which is a really interesting number if you look at wide receivers um that have actually finished in the top 24 for example um since 2000 um what year did i put on that yeah, since 2003, so within the same range, wide receivers that have finished in the top 24 in terms of overall PPR points um, have actually averaged uh, about 24% uh, target market share. Only five players that have finished in the top 24 since 2003 have had less than a 15% target market share. The only player to actually finish as a top 24 wide receiver with a 13% target share was Juju Smith-Schuster in 2017. There were only four other players to do it with under 15%. Um, They happened in 2011, 2010. One of them was Lance Moore. One of them was Greg Jennings. I'm not going to read the even four names would be a boring name to listen to. Although Calvin Ridley in 2018 is an interesting name to come up. And also tells us, just looking at Juju and Calvin Ridley, that tells us that those who get under 15% specifically are heavily touchdown dependent. That's what happened with Juju. He also had extremely high efficiency in his yards because he's really good. Calvin Ridley, as we all remember, caught a lot of touchdowns. More touchdowns than he should have based on his red zone work. Uh, and those overall reception and receiving yards as well. is actually a candidate for regression if he doesn't get more volume in 2019. So what does this tell us? This tells us that rookies, even drafted in the first round, average less target share than we can reasonably expect um, for a top 24 wide receiver. 
But that's nothing new, right? We don't expect wide receivers in their first year to finish inside the top 24, even if they're drafted in the first round. Most people expect a second or third year breakout. The only inaccuracy in there is the idea that the third year wide receiver breakout myth. The reason it's a myth is wide receivers are as likely to break out in their second year as they are in their third year. So Christian Kirk entering his second year, for example, is as likely to break out this year as he is next year. So it's not that wide receivers don't break out in their third year, it's just that we're not waiting for that third year. Especially if they have good draft capital and good college production, we can start to expect a breakout into the top 24 in their second season. And that fits a bill with Christian Kirk. Tyler Lockett, um, on the other depth chart, he has already broken into the top 24. He's a successful wide receiver and considered a hit in the NFL by that level of st- by that level at least include in terms of having a top 24 season. So those are the players on the team that I would expect to lead in targets to have over 50% 15% target market share in 2019 and are the most likely to finish in the top 24. Now that's not always what we want to hear when we're talking about dynasty. We want to think about it in terms of long term. But what they do in their first year and what we can expect from them next year is really what's relevant right now and will affect their future dynasty stock as well. So I think it's relevant. If we look at rookie wide receivers entering the Seahawks since 2000, (coughs) pardon me, what we find is that only two players have had 13% or more target share in their first year. That's Doug Baldwin in 2011 and Tyler Lockett in 2015. Both of those guys stick out as someone that came in and earned above average target share for rookies in their first year. So Tyler Lockett, as the more likely to finish in the top 24, actually sticks out over average in terms of the target share that he got in his rookie season which would be the most optimistic prediction for DK Metcalf or anyone else entering that roster. So Tyler Lockett didn't just have good college production. He's not just had a good top 24 season and is considered a hit. He was actually above average in terms of the number of targets he earned for the Seahawks compared to other Seahawks wide receivers and compared to most rookies entering the league. Now, the average is around about 136 and he was around 13.9%, so let's not exaggerate it too far, but Tyler Lockett has done very well in the NFL. That horrific knee injury he suffered in the first year made some people forget about him, and I'm worried that some of that stigma is still rubbing off on him, as well as the fact he had to rely on deep targets and touchdowns last year, but that was the Seahawks' offense. There is some hope that they can expand the passing game, and that's why they've added wide receivers, not just to try and find a replacement for Baldwin, but to try and open up the passing game for Russell Wilson. But without any other precedent and the same coach being in charge of the same scheme, it's actually relatively unlikely that they're suddenly going to explode in targets. However, I would say that last year represented a a volume low for the Seahawks, even looking at the average over Pete Carroll's tenure. They really didn't pass much last year, even by Pete Carroll standards. So we could expect a slight increase in targets. Moreover, we should really expect Tyler Lockett to get the majority of those targets, and I'd be very surprised if he didn't at least cross the 15% target threshold and become a top 24 wide receiver. He's a guy we should really be targeting. DK Metcalf certainly has the potential, and if he gets to that 13%, there is a chance he can be a top 24 wide receiver, especially with someone that's as efficient in all areas of the game as Russell Wilson. 
but it's an extreme long shot, as all rookies are. But going to this depth chart, and with this history of not giving wide receivers in their first year a significant enough target share to become top 24 wide receivers, it's slightly more unlikely than I think most landing spots. So while it's a positive landing spot for his dynasty stock for 2019, I think we should definitely expect little or no production to anyone drafted this year for the Seahawks. Tyler Lockett should be our target. I do think Metcalf has a significant opportunity to actually come in and replace um, some of the targets for David Moore, other areas, or maybe even climb over Tyler Lockett. But 2019 is probably not that time. Now, if you look at Arizona's wide receivers and what they've done in their first year, they've averaged about 18% of the target market share. And that's everyone from Michael Floyd, who tried to hit and never really got there, but did have good college production, to Bryant Johnson in 2003, and John Brown in 2014, Larry Fitzgerald in 2004, and Anquan Bolden in 2003. So there are some seriously good names on that list, and some fairly good names on that list. For a team that doesn't always get tagged with the Pittsburgh history light of having picked good wide receivers, it's actually produced a fair, the team itself has actually produced a fair amount of good wide receivers. And again, different schemes, different coaches throughout this time period, but it is interesting that they have averaged significantly more target share in their first year since 2003. Some people prefer to do that through coaching. I thought it was interesting to look at it by team just to be slightly different. Having said that, expecting Andy Isabella to come in when Christian Kirk is one of the wide receivers who, again, average over the average opportunity in terms of target share for most rookie wide receivers drafted in the first round. Remember, Kirk was drafted in the second, and he's beating out, beating out most first-round wide receivers in terms of the target share that he earned in his first year. As a comparison, second-round wide receivers like Christian Kirk in their first year typically average around 10%. So Christian Kirk was averaging what first-round wide receivers do in his first year. That is a significantly positive mark for Christian Kirk. It's what Tyler Lockett did, and remember Tyler Lockett had a top 24 season. Christian Kirk has not. I think Christian Kirk has got a lot of hype right now. It's not a surprise to anyone, but I think he's most likely to lead in target share. And that's not just because of ancillary reasons, like he's played with Kyler Murray before on the air raid offense. He was already looking like a really good candidate to take off in 2019. And that's accounting for Larry Fitzgerald. Last year, Larry Fitzgerald had a 22% market share, which is great. It's Larry doing Larry in this part of his career. He's still a fantastic player, but he's not the player he was. Not he's, that he's downgraded, he's literally switched positions and switched roles. Remember the t most top 24 wide receivers, like wide receivers that finished in the top 24, since 2003, they averaged 24%. So Larry has not been earning that level of target share over the last three years. He's just been the best wide receiver as Christian Kirk has been a rookie and other wide receivers have failed, moved on, and gotten injured in Arizona for the last couple of years, despite having changed roles and changed positions. Larry's still Larry. He's still going to get significant targets. He can do that, and Christian Kirk can still rise to prominence, lead in targets, and lead in receiving yards, even before we account for a new scheme, we expect to increase in passing volume significantly. So Tyler Lockett and Christian Kirk should definitely be the targets for 2019. The fact both of them are young, with great college production and good draft capital, if they hit, I imagine the help will fade for DK Metcalf and for Andy Isabella. 
I would actually suggest that the Arizona Cardinal offense, if, if it can pull any of this off, remember it's a coach that's never coached in the NFL before, that's never tried to implement the scheme on this team. This will be the first year for a lot of different things, including the quarterback. But if they can pull any of that off, then Christian Kirk becomes a second-year breakout with a great breakout age, great college production, and a top 24 season in his second year. Would we continue to expect Andy Isabella to rise to prominence? That normally isn't what happens, right? When those players hit, we're like, okay, well, they found their guy. These guys will be good, but they'll be ancillary. I have a lot of hope for Andy Isabella, and given the type of offense Arizona's trying to install, I would be happy to predict that at some point, if they're successful, that's a big if, but they will be one of those three or four teams every year producing two top 24 assets. But even in that case, I'd be more likely to lean Kirk being the one and Andy Isabella being the two for fantasy purposes. Could that reverse? Well, Andy Isabella definitely has speed over Kirk, but Kirk runs a 4.47 in the 40-yard dash. Kirk's not slow. Has a year of NFL experience. Everything else says he is a more likely to break out in year two candidate than most players who haven't broken out yet that I can point to. He's one of the best breakout candidates I know of in the NFL and has some of the best college profile that we can point to over the last four years. So even as a Andy Isabella fan, there's not a lot of reason to bet against Christian Kirk. Um, having said that, I don't want to draft him in the top 24. I want to draft him outside of the top 24 wide receivers so I get that value jump for my roster. So if the hype gets too far and his ADB climbs too far, Andy Isabella will become an increasing value of someone with another pretty good chance to hit in that range. Now, the other player that went to um, Arizona is obviously Hakeem Butler. He was ranked as a wide receiver one by DLF ADP before the draft and as the best wide receiver in the class by a number of great analysts. So there was a lot of hope for him. I've talked about before about the hit rate of wide receivers drafted in the fourth round. Frankly, it's not great, but we do like to chase him. But remember, players that drafted outside the first round typically have an even longer breakout period. They're not as likely to break out in year two or year three as those drafted inside the top three rounds. Rookies drafted in the fourth round, for example, average about a 5.9% target share in their rookie year. 7% 7% in their second year, 8% in the third year, and 8.4% in the fourth year. Now, there are a lot of players that definitely do not have the positive marks that Hakeem Butler has on his profile being added into that average. So we shouldn't expect this low of target volume by year four for Hakeem Butler. He has a chance to break out. But I think the difference that's very clearly consistent since 2003, is that players drafted in the second and first round are more likely to get at least over 10% of the target share for any given team. And that proves true when we look at the history. Arizona's guys, (laughs) Arizona's wide receivers that we were talking about before in terms of um, the target share they got in their first season, all of them were drafted in the first three rounds that averaged that 18%. There is no one that shows up averaging that kind of target share drafted outside the first three rounds for Arizona. And again, that's not done by coaching staff, but I think it's definitely an indication that Hakeem Butler, or a reminder at least, that Hakeem Butler is more likely to earn 5% of targets and be completely fantasy irrelevant for the next three years than Christian Kirk or Andy Isabella. 
that's just based on draft capital and the pattern and consistency of draft capital and opportunity that's been going on in the NFL for as long as the NFL has existed, but we're just testing since 2003, which is a 15-year history and probably should be good enough. Another way of looking at that, six out of the 23 wide receivers who have hit in terms of having a top 24 wide receiver season inside their first three years, who were drafted outside the fourth round, so the upside for Hakeem Butler, only six out of 23 had more than a 7% target share in their first year. I think the odds that Hakeem Butler's upside is a 7% target share, one game where he catches a touchdown in year one and year two, is incredibly probable compared to the likelihood that Andy Isabella um, has a top 24 season. Okay, that's probably it for me. I really enjoyed um, digging into these target shares. I thought it was interesting to see the average target share by draft round for rookies. Um, I'm going to post that sheet soon, so follow my follow along to my Twitter timeline if you want to dig in and have a look around yourself. Um, I hope you all join me in wishing Jake and his family um, a big congratulations. This was the first Dynasty Crossroad episode in a post jackson anderson world and it is a wonderful place to be so thank you all for joining me here for this quick 30 minutes of it and um, i hope to talk to you again next week when we'll have our first mystery co-host to help me out here at the crossroads so thanks again i hope you had some fun and i will talk to you again next week Bye. you're at the dynasty crossroads that film and analytics create Just grinds that tape It's the Dynasty Crossroads Where film is everything The Dynasty Crossroads Where numbers are the king There may not be consensus But we'll give you everything